had like a little throat clear. Alright, let's do this thing. It is Thursday, March 25th. Welcome everyone to Living Room Sports Talk here. McCauley, Zach Rothenberger. Look at this. We got the little group five duo here, man. The little CFS uh, throwback. Dude, we haven't done a show just you and me in a minute. I know. That is a group five reunion. Back to the uh, how old were we? Like 10 years old, 8 years old? You know, you know what the only thing is, I swear I was actually just thinking about this a couple days ago with like baseball chatter and stuff. You were telling me in group five, this actually when I thought you were a really good kid, because you were like, dude, the Marlins, I think, have a pretty good team. And then I think it was like the next year, I think it was when they won the World Series. And I was like, I want to talk to Zach, but he goes to a different school. <laughs> Brandon Will Wallace. That's right. I did. Wow. Good yeah. memory. Brandon Will Wallace. Oh, yeah, dude, from downtown middle school, all that good stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Throwbacks. Um, but you know, it's nice. We haven't been on the air. I, I feel like. It was for the better. You know, we owed it to the audience. Let them watch a little March Madness. Let us watch a little March Madness on Monday. It's better to watch the games than just hear me talk like an idiot, you know, right? I mean, yeah. Well, that's more like me being the idiot, but you're, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I agree. A lot of picks were pretty good. That's the only, that's the only thing I will the say. picks were good. They're hot. Were you, I, I, like, I don't even know why I had, like, the hoodie thing going tonight because it's... Oof. What were you loving and for? For, well, I got to... For I'm March Madness? Think now because Thursday was bad. Um, yeah. But Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, especially Monday, were good. Monday, we were perfect. Three and zero. Playing games on Thursday. Yeah. I, know, yeah, I was trying to, you know, it's a mulligan, right? It's a breakfast ball game. Yeah. So great, great breakfast ball league, picks. We call it. Yeah, exactly. But all right, so we got a great show for everyone tonight. Um, just you and me, Cowboys, rolling along here. So yeah. I feel bad. Chad at work, but he's doing stuff for the Phillies. So I feel like that's a pretty fun work assignment. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm almost gonna like, try to fix my camera over here for everyone. Look at that. I'm like guessing, looking through the other way. I'm like, oh, I hope in a second when I see this coming through, that's going to look the right way. Oh, yeah, it's good. Nice. There we go. I was like looking. I was like, there you go. Can't wait to move it the right direction. All right, here we go. We got a great show for everyone. We got March Madness recap. So we'll talk about the games the last two rounds. We'll talk about the Sweet 16 uh, that's coming up this weekend. Um, and you know, we're not going to do clickbait and start talking Elite Eight, Zach. We'll do that on Monday when those games start. We'll, we'll let's do a show on Monday, though, for that. That'll be fun because there's not as many Absolutely. games going on. Yeah. Um, but to that point, we'll talk NFL offseason as well. Um, a little NHL. A little NHL chatter. I'm pissed Chad's not on tonight. Well, I mean, I just love having him on, but I, I'm pissed because I want to talk to him about the local hockey team here because I have some thoughts, but we'll say that for a rainy day because it's sunny out. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about baseball. And we have the menu tonight, but as always, I guess, a little clickbait. Get started. We got the chat. We got the chat always. is rocking and rolling. So, and I, so we go. there we go. Right now and then, just hopped in it. Um, this Perfect. is great, you know, getting everyone back rocking and rolling. But do you want me to do a little clickbait to get started? Yeah, yeah, let's, All let's right. do it. I, I, I want you to to, to pick, uh, I want to pick your brain on this one, Zach, because you know, it's funny, you're you, I feel like, especially we're more an NBA guy, especially like high school, college, like you're, I feel like, an insider yourself. Um, trade deadline was today. First of all, Victor Open Depot, I swear, has been traded to every team in the NBA at this point. Um, I just, I feel like this make too much. I, to me, I think just traded deadlines in general. They made too much. Um, I don't know. I get it's the idea that you can, you know, sell a player to get draft picks, et cetera, right, to set up for the future. So there's actually some good value out there when you do make a trade. But I just, I don't know. I just feel like the name is floating around. The Sixers got George Hill today. I'm like, that doesn't do anything for me. I don't know. I, I I barely. I used to as a kid love watching trade deadlines because I felt like a kid watching like people open presents like for other teams. I'm trying to open a present myself like for <laughs> whatever team I'm rooting for, and it just doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't well, do anything. For I me. feel. I feel like for what the Sixers gave up for George Hill, you know, I think George Hill. And I'm not saying he's a great player, but I think he brings a nice veteran presence. Yeah, because the team up, trying to make a playoff run. Well, they're number one in the Eastern Conference, so of course they're gonna make a playoff run. But you know what I mean. I think it gives. Him for Zaire Smith because I'm trying to Tony um my my, my, my Bradley uh, yeah Tony Bradley he I mean you're never gonna sell that stock higher right how well he's played for the, I feel bad at saying that I, I love watching the Sixers uniform the way he hustled and stuff but um all right but I digress uh yeah I don't know it's not not a big trade deadline guy I feel like it's a little bit I think it's just clickbaity right the amount of articles that flow out the week before a trade deadline where everyone's just like oh my god oh my god like. So, I don't know. That's mine, but what do you got for yours? Well, I will say, it was actually, I had to do some digging for my clickbait because of so much NBA trade deadline stuff just flooding every possible clickbait source. So, um, I, had to, I had to go to good old, uh, old reliable Sports Illustrated. Oh, God. <laughs> I, so, you know, it's funny when I saw that, I was like, yep, he's going to one of his old, it's like, it's old fashioned. It's yeah, it's like, run. yeah. It, 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 so, uh, 
Yes, yeah, so Sports Illustrated, there was an article, and it said why each team will and won't make the Final Four. Uh, so it's basically, I'll, I'll analogize it. This is like saying, hey, Zach, you have nice, nice six-pack abs. I don't, but nice six-pack abs, but your face is ugly. <laughs> like, that's like saying you, you're so great, but you really, like, you're not. Like, what the hell? What kind of article is this? It's, it's like saying take. you can call this coin heads or tails. It's like That's, that, that's even better. Uh, that's even better. Uh, no, no, no! I liked, I liked yours. You had, you know, the the Hollister analogy going. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The Hollister analogy, perfect with the ripped jeans and everything. Oh yeah, God! Did you ever go in there in the mall as a kid? I think I went in with like my like seventh grade girlfriend, but uh, yeah, I never went seventh in grade bought. girlfriend type place to go. And it, yeah, I never went in and bought anything. I never once wore. It's oh, it smelled nice in there, but I well, never. That's better than me. I was gonna say. I think the only time I went was like in high school with girls that I wasn't dating, but I was like trying to do it and like <laughs> going in there. So yeah. you know, seventh grade dating is the equivalent of she said hi to me in the hallway. <laughs> so. Oh man, it was funny. Speaking of camp, remember those camp relationships? Whoa, God! Oh, I was yeah. never, I was never cool enough to like jump into those rings. But I, I just remember thinking, like, wow, people are dating and they're like twelve and they're like in camp. Like, whew. she hugged him. I. I <laughs> God, what a world! Um, but all right, let's. I'll say, let's jump in it to that point. Let's uh, let's let's get into the March Madness chatter. Your, your clickbait was really uh, related to that, and it's funny. I'm looking at this. Look at this nice, clean bracket that once was. <laughs> oh. How are you looking in our bracket pool, by the way? I'm like so. I'm in the middle. I think like I'm like 20th or 22nd or something like that. But one like I keep telling myself, I'm like, all right, well, just because I'm not up there right now doesn't mean I can't possibly get there because. You know, it shows like your total possible in the bracket pool. So, like, I saw my total is still semi, semi competitive. So, yeah, I'm looking right now. I'm not looking so hot. I know. <laughs> I I know. I saw Chad got dinged pretty bad when Texas lost. Obviously, no shot at him, but he had Texas winning it, so that hurt his. Well, he was chances. speaking highly of them on yeah. the show a week ago. Well, I spoke highly um, of Georgetown, so we saw it happen. So, well, you know, it's funny too. I had, and I'm not bragging because that's my point. Look at my like, I'm not in there. You had a I lot saw. of up, uh, you had a lot of upset picks. Though. Well, you, I had Oral Roberts in the Sweet 16. I was like, look at these pictures of this kid celebrating. Good for them. I, I, I like, I, I was just as happy, you know, when you get a pick like that, right? But at the same point, it was like. When you get Missouri wrong over Oklahoma, when you have BYU going to the Elite Eight playing UConn, and they both lose in the first round, like those things mm-hmm. don't work. So those things ask, don't work at all. What made you pick Oral, Oral Roberts? Was it like a shot in the dark, or did you have some type of hunch? Did you talk so, to Dr. Frank? Um, it's funny you say that because no, actually, so you know, and funny, I'll, I'll pull this up. Let me, may I, for one second, just get the old uh, horn out and toot it because. Shoot it. I did not. This is not. This is not about me, Zach. Today, this is about the people that clicked on our website, looked at the picks, and read what I said. And I even clarified on Twitter that I was not drunk when those picks got out that morning. Because seriously, I, I just, okay. So you know what's funny? I don't know why sports has theatrics to it, right? And first of all, I thought Ohio State's stock was never going to be higher than where it was, just the way they looked in the Big Ten tournament. And I generally have a print, and I really believe it now moving forward. If you do a bracket uh, advice thing next year, let me add this in. Mm. I think the conference that has like the sexiest amount of teams go, like nine, ten powerhouse squads that can beat anyone, right? Like the Big Ten this year, they, they all got knocked out. Mm-hmm. It, it, like I've seen the Big East before, I've seen the Big mm. 12 before. Like they, all those power five conferences have kind of had that moment in the sun. But they all fade, and it's always that that one right behind them. Like it's why everyone's like, "Oh, the SEC is not that good. The Big Twelve and the Pac twelve are not that good." It's like, well, all right, well, the Pac twelve and the SEC don't look so bad, right? I mean, um, especially in the first weekend. But uh, the way I, look, I think Arkansas is really good. But anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it's I'm just like trying to think about like just everything. Like, I, I guess the first thought was that put in my head was. When they did the selection show, when Ohio State got announced, they're playing at Oral Roberts. Still went like, and I was like, you know, every single, and I was like, then they showed Oral Roberts like celebrating. I was like, oh, you know, they're gonna see that. Like, if I was a coach, I put that in every single day in the film, just like drop the little clips in there. And I was like, they're not a bad team. They're playing pretty hot. They knocked off some good teams in I the Summit League, maybe the I think it was a Summit League. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing correctly, well, they made the tournament, uh, so they got to be good, right? I mean, right, yeah. And like, I don't know. I just felt like, and then I read that they had played five teams in the tournament and they covered all five games. 
in that that they basically lost all of them really close. I was like, they're not a bad team. There you go. Like, and so then I figured Ohio State might be down, and then Oral Roberts might be up, and then as I keep rambling on, and then I had Florida playing them, and I was like, they could be Florida. Florida sucks. And then, yeah. you know, there we are. So, you know. Uh, dude, kudos to you, because I would have never yeah, called 15 going to the Sweet 16, so. Yeah, why did Illinois in the finals, so, you know. Not good. Well, I had uh, which team lost? That was, I had. I think I had Illinois in my final four. So I mean, I'm close to yeah. you. So yeah. Well, we'll have some fun. We'll, 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 you know, at that point, let me ask you. So, what do you think was one of the best games you watched? Well, I mean, how great? First of all, how great was it to see the games? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, it's funny. I think <laughs> I watched the Virginia and Ohio game, and. Uh, I had I put sixty dollars on the uh, Virginia money line to win like twenty, which I rarely do, but I figured out Virginia Tony Bennett defensive team. Love Tony Bennett. Yeah, <laughs> well, Raj reference there. Yeah, well, uh, didn't didn't pan out. So I mean, that was I get, I watched that game very closely. So I thought that was a you know that was a good game. <laughs> but uh, another game I'm, I'm looking through because there were so many really good ones. Was um, which one was it? Loyola, Chicago, and Illinois was pretty good. Yeah, Just Eugene. I will say, yeah, and I and I, have a, and I wrote down. You know, speaking of teams that are hot and good games and stuff, I I wrote down um, three teams that I'm thinking are like like you just tell by the way they're playing that they're like nothing is really phasing them. And Loyola, Chicago is definitely one of them. And you know, here we go again, <laughs> Mr. Gene. But I got a game for you. The game that I really enjoyed was Abilene Christian versus versus Texas. And yeah, I fell asleep I, for that one. Yeah, I'll say that because 14 seed being a three seed, obviously. And then you look at the players on Abilene Christian, and they look like, like no offense to them, obviously, but you look at like their, their size compared to like a, a Texas or like a, a whatever, a bigger school. Like their point guard looks like he might weigh 150 pounds soaking wet, you know? Like it, it's just it's just cool to see like those type of schools come out of nowhere. Like I, I've heard of Abilene Christian before, but – it might have been like maybe once or twice in my lifetime, you know. So I thought it was and that cool one to too, that. actually. Yeah, you did exactly. But, yeah, but that's exactly. like I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say all the ones I had right because I had plenty wrong. Um, but it's funny. I love what Joe said. The Jets, the big teeth, the big tank got their teeth kicked in. <laughs> I know it's, he really did. I wonder um, if that's them beating up on each other all. That's what I'm saying. Days. I think that's what it is, and because you see it every year, like from whatever the most dominant conference is, it seems like and. I think Michigan's going to go down to Florida State personally. And then um, with the Pac-12, who – someone lost. Who lost? Oh, Colorado lost. Um, yeah, they lost to um, – I, I have it up right here. They lost to Florida State by a lot, by 19. Yeah. yeah. Or 18. Yeah. Florida State's not bad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Uh, one, one thing I, that I think is really – like I've never seen this before is a quarter – of the Sweet 16, so four of the 16 teams are double-digit seeds. Oh, that's fun, right? It's a like, lot of fun. Yeah, like that. I don't. I, this year, like I feel like realistically, like a double-digit seeded team could literally go to the Final Four this year, which we've seen that. I don't know how many times. Oh yeah, it happens. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Uh, did little Chicago make it to the Final Four? Did they? It was either there or the Elite Eight. It was close. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, Alexa. Has Louisville Chicago ever made the Final Four? Yeah, I know they're in the tournament. Alexa, volume six. Well, no. Ah, that was awful. All of that was just not what I wanted. But uh, that's all right. Uh, and look at that. Wilbur Montgomery played for Abilene Christian. There's a fun fact for you, Zach. Oh, nice. Thanks to the chat. Um, but let me ask you this. What did you think of the new schedule? You know, I I kind of liked it. I think if I was in – listen, I loved when we were in high school, and it was like your teachers would have it on the TV while you're, while you're in class, like but on mute. Like I thought that was so cool. But oh, yeah. now that we're, we're adults and we're grown-ups, like uh, – <laughs> I love how you put that in quotes. <laughs> I, like, uh, I, I like the Friday, Saturday, and then the Sunday, Monday deal. I like it on the weekends. I think it's cool, you know? Oh, I, I, it's funny. I can admit when I was, I'm wrong, and I was dead wrong. I was like, this sucks. This is horrible. I love this. They should just keep it like this because it also spiced up Monday. And, and here, here's the, the kicker for you, Zach. 
just do the math. When you, if you're working Thursday and Friday, there's 16 games on Thursday. There's 16 games on Friday. So you're missing 32 games. Mm-hmm. If you do Friday and Monday, that's eight and 16. Mm-hmm. Instead, you're missing 24 games. Well, the ratings, I'm sure, are through the roof because of that. Oh, plus, so basically, you get a Saturday where you can watch all the all 16 games. That's awesome. Like, think about like, it. You like, take off. Like, you can just make a long weekend if your team plays, like, yeah. that Friday or something. Like, like, think about it. College football, you know, are you likely to watch a, a MAC game on a Tuesday night? I mean, maybe if you have skin on it, maybe. But, like, you watch a lot of your football on the weekends, is what I'm getting at. So, why wouldn't you watch – why wouldn't they have this all be on the weekends for the most part? Yeah. Exactly, and then you and then you can spice it up because, like, think of it this way: when you're working to like that Monday, like you didn't have time for like 16 games, but eight was perfect. Like rolling out at noon, then two, then, mm-hmm. then five was perfect, just to kind of take you through. Yeah, the nice thing about working from home is like you can kind of have it on the background, but if you're on meetings, you really can't. So it's just uh, oh, I had it on the background the entire yeah. time. I saw you, just saw you. Yeah, take, take a look, just like we do at the show sometimes. Yeah, just got to peek over, right? Dude, so I gotta ask. I'm not trying to take the bait on this, but what are your thoughts on Villanova right now? I think it's the end of the road against Baylor. I think they'll cover that seven and a half spread. I do. I think they'll cover that seven and a half spread, but I think I think they'll lose by like five or six, and it'll be like one of those games where it's a gritty fight, and then they'll just kind of be losing somewhere between I don't know, like two and ten, and it's just kind of fluttering around. But they're not. It's just you know they can't quite get there. I just don't trust. You know me. I just I don't trust Baylor. So I don't know, man. I. From watching Nova over the weekend, like I feel like you know Jay Wright's a great coach, but I just feel like in the in the tournament he's like a whole other, whole other level. And I think his pl- his team plays on a whole other level. So I don't know. I think it's it's scary. I'm not trying to be the guy. Oh, Nova again, you know. But I mean, realistically, it's possible. And let me pull up. So I'll pull up the games real quick for this weekend. Let's look at so Villanova plays on Saturday. We'll look at those games first. Um, that's the other thing. It's a little weird. Sweet sixteen would have been tonight normally, and the elite eight would have been Saturday and Sunday. But we'll we'll we push forward, and it's Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday and Tuesday will be the elite eight. But also look at the chats. Fun fact, Zach. Do you know that uh, Loyola won the NCAA championship in nineteen sixty three? Wow. Yeah. So how old was Sister Jean? I don't know, but I heard that the she was born. She was Ruth had like two doubles and like three RBIs or something like that. Wow. <laughs> like in the, for the Red Sox. That's crazy. So Sister Jean was around 40 years old because, what, is she 101? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, Think about yeah that. It, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, well, it's not awesome that she's old. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's good for her. Like, yeah, it's, that's it's sick. Yeah. Story, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's that point. Let's look at them real quick. So they play Oregon State. That Oregon State team is just burning me left and right, I feel like. I picked them losing the first round. I thought they were frauds. So I'm just kind of done, like, looking at them. Um, I mean, I think that's a game where Loyal Chicago should roll, though, in my opinion. It's a little slow spread. I think Oregon State covers it somehow. I don't know why, but I do. I'm at a point where I don't even look at spreads anymore when it comes to basketball betting. I just do money lines, whether it's good or bad. Oh, that's that's not a bad idea. Just, you know, sober up with your bracket kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, And I like what Joe said in the chat, too, about how Gonzaga, they look so damn good. They look so damn good, dude. The three teams I'm seeing are are really hitting their strides and are no-nonsense, in my opinion. It's Gonzaga, Loyola, Chicago, and Villanova right now. Really? Yeah. What about Arkansas? Look at them. So you so you like do you think Noah's gonna beat Baylor real quick? Yeah, I do. I do. Woo-hoo! Exactly. I think, getting fun. I, yeah, I don't I don't try, I don't know. And that's a fun money line, by the way, for Nova. I don't know what it is, but if Baylor's seven and a half point favorite, it's gotta be quick. juicy. So I'm sure it's like plus two fifty or something. It but, uh, is plus two forty. Oh, there you go. Call me odds yeah. maker. Uh, yeah, there you go. Right now, but um, and then uh, yeah, dude, Arkansas. I have Arkansas in my championship game against Gonzaga. I, I do. Like, do I, you really, dude? I'm I, not gonna win this bracket. Damn it! <laughs> I thought that was. I thought them in Florida State were my ticket home. Well, I mean, hey man, anything can happen, you know. I. Well, the thing with Arkansas, what game was it? I'm trying to find it because there's. I'm like scrolling through all the score sheets. They just beat Texas Tech by what? Two or three. Mm-hmm. So it's close. It was, Texas um, two, they won. Was and they were down. And they were down. Late well, that's what the chat was even saying. That was a great game. I, yeah. I actually fell asleep for that too. But okay, don't blame me for that. I fell asleep because I thought um, I thought Arkansas was going to run away with it. So I was like, all right, let's go to bed. Get ready for Monday. You know. Um, yeah, because they started off up, and then I think towards the end they were down, and they came back. Yeah. So when you, I, I don't know. I think sometimes when you go through games like that, it might like you know it wears you down a little bit. See, I was about to say, I think 
those are the teams that might win something because you have to go through something. But I know what you're saying so, too. It's it's one of the others. Those types of games, it's better. It's almost like if you're gonna get banged around in the fight, like let it be like I don't know. Actually, I don't know how to analogize it to a fight. I don't know how it'd be better or worse at the beginning or end. But like you know what I'm saying. Like there's let a, it be the beginning. I guess it's more fresh. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, yeah exactly. And it's almost like this. Like they had time to have a few days to recover and kind of get it out of the way. So it's almost like you felt the knife, but now you get mm-hmm. back to re- you know they're yeah. back retreating. Yeah. So. Um, I want to ask you a question. Yeah, please. So Oregon, they got the pass, obviously, with VCU, unfortunately. Like, do you think that played a, a role in them beating Iowa by 15? No. We'll find out against USC. I'm intrigued because USC, USC also team. rocked Kansas. But I told you in that – well, I just said in this picks, I said Kansas sucks. Yeah, and and I appreciate sure really, that money line too. I know. Well, well I, I you know their live money line. It was plus something, so I figured I might as well take it. But oh, Kansas, yeah. Oh no, Zach. No. Here's I'm the problem. Learning. I'm still learning. Well, it's okay. Here's the problem. So Kansas beat a, t- a team with. And I actually thought this was uh, one of the, the more fun parts of March Madness. And why am I drawing a blank on their names? It's uh, mm. there's two kids from Washington. Uh, or Eastern Washington, sorry. I got to look it up real quick. This is going to – like stalling. It's like get the Jeopardy theme music out. But um, the two brothers on Eastern Washington that had like the long hair and – come on, where is it? Saturday, Saturday, Saturday? Uh, no, I didn't, I, I didn't watch that no, one. Of course, ESPN of all times. Oh, Groves. Sorry, it was Tanner Groves and Jacob Groves. Hmm. So they played out of their minds, and they accounted for about – I think I did the math. It was like 70% of uh, – Eastern Washington's offense. They had four other guys score. They had one guy in double digits besides those guys. He had 12 points. Someone had seven. Someone had uh, five. And then someone had two. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, wait a minute. So Kansas played a team that really was not that good. And they barely won. So I was like, oh, no, they're getting axed against USC. Mm-hmm. Um, those Mobley brothers are no joke on USC. Oh, I know. They played. I mean, so to that point, I think that's going to be a great test for Oregon and bring it back to the top to answer your question finally. Yeah, because I was really curious to see how Oregon was going to react. Like, I thought that was a shoot. I thought that was a lock for Iowa, you know, against Oregon, thinking that, oh, you know, Oregon's going to be nervous because this is technically their first game. Iowa's got the dust shaking off already with the tournament vibes. And I was completely wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how it goes, though. It's like I, it's like flipping a coin. I feel like this March Madness is, is so different. It's like a lot more. There's a lot more variable teams that are in this now, and it's it's almost like really like I don't even know who to think. But are they are they doing a bubble? Bob, I'm looking at the chat. Are they doing a bubble? I don't. They're I mean, in they're Indian. all in Indianapolis. I'm sure they're doing like some type of yeah. They're all of it. they're all in Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but to that point, what about uh? Oh shoot, it's in front of my head. Let me pull up those Sunday games real quick. Bobby, what do you think real quick is the, the other Saturday game? Syracuse and uh, Houston. I'll run over that real quick. I think that's an that's a very interesting game. I mean, I, I don't know any coach who has more experience in the tournament more than Jim Bayham. It's, so it's so annoying. It's so annoying. Well, did you see the stat that he won? He's won at least one tournament game in the seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, two thousand ten, and two thousand twenties. See, here's the thing. Every year, I feel like Charlie Brown, and he's Lucy with the football. And my brackets to football. Like, yeah. and the problem is, he every year at Zach, it's almost like they actually hide the best part of that two three zone that they do until the playoffs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what I mean, like the tournament yeah. because, and not even the Big East tournament, just like that because they literally look horrible, horrible all year. They're like the team that goes like seventeen and like fourteen, and it's just like. I don't know. I don't think they really should be in the tournament. And everyone's like, well, because they're Syracuse. We'll like, let them be a bubble team. And then, of course, the committee lets them right in. And then they do the zone thing, and they're always like an 11 seed or 13 seed or whatever. And they always, no, I'm sorry. They're always like an 11 seed and playing that Thursday game or whatever, that playing game. And then and then they go to Sweet 16. It's it's unbelievable. Every year, every year. And every year I look at them like, no, nah, this team sucks. I know last year's team, you know, whatever. Like this year they're not. No. And, Every year I get tripped up by it. It drives me nuts. It drives me insane. Buddy, good old Buddy Beheim. He's now, killing it. I'm reading articles like, oh, if he gets hot, like that's the only way they'll win. I'm like, well, he can't get hot, right? And it's like, let me read you his his last four games. I'll tell you his points and his three point percentage. So we're going from the fourth game back. Twenty seven points, thirty one. The the first round of the tournament, thirty. Last game, twenty five. Now here's your th- here's his three point percentages. 
6 for 12, 62%, 5 for 8, 70%, 7 for 10. Then the last game, 46, 6 for 13. So I'd say he's hot. But can he carry the whole team? You know what I mean? Like, can he carry that the whole tournament? We'll see. Well, that's the problem. That's why I figure I'm like, well, he can't. And it's like, they do just enough to do it. I think, once again, I'll – but, you know, they'll lose at some point this week. And if I say they lose this in the Sweet 16, they'll lose in the Elite Eight. If I say they'll lose in the Elite Eight, they'll, they'll, they'll lose in the Sweet 16. So, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, no, that'll be a good one. Wrong, go to the Final Four. Like. That's a solid – that's a Saturday. That's the late – that's the late game. That's the late night one. And I'll tell you, let me pull this – Eastern. I know, that's a tough one. Let me pull up the Sunday games, too. There's a late one there, too, that USC-Oregon one. But – um, and we were talking about Gonzaga earlier with Joe in the comments. Uh, yeah, they got, that's a good, that's a, you know, if there's ever a time where I pause in my bracket, I mean this, but I was filling out, I picked Gonzaga to win. But if there was ever a time I really paused at it, this was the game. I had Creighton playing them in the Sweet 16, and I was like, Creighton could do it. What's well, that they get, they, The 13. Oh, never mind. No, they're not. 13 and a half. No, they're not. Well, I kind of like taking Creighton 13 and a half. That's a lot yeah. of points. I, yeah, I kind of like taking it, but I think Gonzaga will win. But yeah, they're I, not going to get rocked, right? I don't think they'll get rocked, no. Unless they're like... Because they just got rocked in the Big East tournament against Georgetown? Yeah, Georgetown destroyed them in the final, yeah. So you got to think they're not going to get rocked within three or four games of each other, hopefully, yeah. I think. I mean, Dr. Frank did say that Creighton is a team that could make a run because of their three-point shooting, so... That's true. It's a double-edged I, I sword, though. I see it. It's they double-edged sword. scoring against Gonzaga. Yeah. Now, what do you think of that? You know, it's funny. And, and Joe mentioned the only Big Twelve or that Big Ten team left is Michigan. Mm-hmm. What do we What do we think about that game against Florida State? That's an intriguing one. I, I have Florida State in my Final Four. Just full disclosure, some people are like obviously I think they can win this game. That's actually well, I I had Michigan losing to St. Bonaventure. So you know that's where I'm at. Yeah, I. Uh, that, that that's a tough one because Florida State, I feel like throughout the last years or two, has shown that they can beat the big guys. You know, like in prime time or these big yeah. games, they show up and win. So that's a tough one. I mean, the spread at, from, on, on ESPN looking is Michigan minus two and a half. So I mean, that tells you a lot right there for the one seed. You know, only only minus two and a half. So I don't know. I really don't know. Get who's back in the lines now. Yeah, yeah. Right now, now we're getting back in the line. I don't know who to take there. I mean, I think Florida State's a fun option. I think a lot of people. Well, from a batting perspective, would see, oh wow, only one, only minus two and a half. We got to take Michigan, and then Florida State. Thirteen. Coming. If you watch Florida State play, like six out of eight times they're going to play great, and it's just like the other two. It's just like it's really bad. What? Yeah, I know, I know, and it's just like they had one of those in the in the ACC tournament, but I'm just like, is it, like I'm scared about that one. I that's all I was thinking as I pushed along to the final four. I'm just like, don't have that clunker game. Like you should have it in the budget not to do that. You just had one of the like. That's literally what I was saying. I was like, well, you just had one in the ACC. It's like a volcano. <laughs> I'm just like, well, you just erupted in the ACC tournament, so you should you should make it to the final four before you have another clunker. And then I'll fade them then probably. Yeah, yeah. You got to get get it out, get it out, get your use of them while you can, and then you know. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those teams, right? And I, so let me pull this up. What was, oh, so UCLA, Alabama. That's a fun one. It is. I think yeah. it's two teams I don't trust at all playing each other. That's kind of the funny thing about the whole ordeal. No, I, I agree. think Alabama probably rolls them and then just gets smacked around in the Elite Eight. That's my that's my prediction. That's what I'm thinking too. I I have, I have Alabama in my Elite Eight. I'm I'm I'm, I'm sticking with with the tide here. Roll tide, right? Well, that's your LSU guy. Yeah, they got knocked. We should out. go to a game, by the way, this fall for them. I'd love to go to an LSU Bama game. That'd be fun. We should do that next down year. South. Do a show down there. Oh yeah, do a little pod. Do a little Cajun barbecue or whatever, whatever it is. Oh my know? god, get some crock. I had um, there's there's a place in Kansas City where the people I guess were from Louisiana and they opened a Cajun spot and it was. Mm. I I met not to go get sidetracked here. I was at no. A, this is what we do. I was at a work conference like four or five years ago down in Florida, and I met a guy from Louisiana. Awesome, like nice dude, and he was telling me about how they go crocodile hunting and like how they do it, like crocodile hunting, like it's literally how they how you do it, like or how, what you've seen on shows where they'll be like in a boat and they go down these like backwoods little like rivers where there's all these crocs around, and he was telling me the process of how they do it, and I'm just like, dude, you are nuts, <laughs> but more power to you. Oh my god. 
Yeah. This is the same show we talked about, what was it, like three or four weeks ago? Where we were like, what's the most dangerous animal on the planet? I said, Crocs. Like, yeah. you're going, I, I swear, I was even just thinking about that segment like a few days ago about how, like, we were talking about how more people get attacked by them than, than sharks and how, like, their bite radius, like a T Rex and, like, that yeah. whole thing. Like, oh my God. Yeah. No, I know. It's, they're fast on land, too. All right, bounce it. Let's let you know. Let's let's we'll bounce back. So it's funny. Uncle Ricky is a perfect way to segue into um, our football chatter. Oh boy, so, <clears throat> oh, you say, how about Joe Flacco to the Birds? Ooh, yeah. Or if his a Ravens fan of uh, Uncle Ricky, you know, right? And he brought him uh, a ring. So let's. It's funny because I actually have in my notes. There's a few things we can dive into on the football front, but. Let's almost just spin it around. This was not the direction I was going to start this. I was going to start with Deshaun Watson, but we'll get to that in a second. Jesus. Oh, uh, I know. I know. Well, and the thing is, it's like, you know, actually, no. Let's just do that real, real quick. We'll do that right now. There's not a whole lot to say right Whether There's like 16 cases. I mean, it's just like at this point, I, I don't know. We'll just find out. I mean, I don't think he's going to get traded because at this point, no one's going to trade for him with this much up in the air. And, and there's there's the news, right? Like, I mean, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, if I'm Houston, I'm looking for a valid backup, a strong backup quarterback. Well, they got Tyrod, so I feel like that's kind of well, that's like, good. Yeah, that yeah, works. Good for, you can always draft someone just to hang out back there. Yeah, it's like a third stringer if it doesn't work out. No offense to Tyrod Taylor, but it's a good band aid for a year. No, and you know I'm rooting for him to have a really good bounce back. I feel so bad for him. That's just such horrible luck, right? You go to like you go to Cleveland, but they get Baker. So it's just kind of like, you know, that's not going to last. And then like you go to, to LA and you're trying to like, you know, rally your career there. And then your team doctor punctures your punk punctures your lung. I know. And then, and then injection. you're out. And then Justin Herbert plays balls out. Yeah. Like, so I'm kind of, I'm really, I'm rooting for him. And I think it, and no. it's interesting in a place where Houston needs that feel good moment. Like it's kind of like Alex Smith in Washington last year a little bit. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I like Tyrod. I think he's a great player. And, uh, you know, it's great. A little extreme. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, wait, Zach, don't say great. <laughs> I think he's a good player, and I think yeah, he, yeah that's he, solid. He, he's a playmaker. Like he, he's elusive. He can make plays happen. You know, um, he's not, adequate. Not great, but he's like he's good. And uh, I don't know for his sake. Yeah, I hope he seizes the opportunity and and you know shows that he still has something in the tank. Because you're right, that's that's one player who's just constantly gotten the shaft year after year. I know. Um, all right, but let's get to Uncle Ricky real quick. So, Joe Flacco to the birds. Let's go. Let's 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 jump in the pool that way. Like it's almost like you're not jumping off the dive board, not going to the shallow, and you're just kind of jumping in the six feet area doing the Joe yeah, Flacco stuff right now. <laughs> you know you're not going to drown, but you know it's still yeah, but you're not actually. Yeah, it's not like it's a really a fun ride. But yeah. uh, but here, I mean, since so that point, I actually loved what he said. I think he said something in his press conference. Like he's like, "Well, I'm around the corner, so they called me. I just showed up. I don't really know what to expect." <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is literally like getting Nick Foles without getting Nick Foles, and there's like, like Josh McCown. He's like in Josh McCown. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. I mean, it's right. The, the whole eyes are on Jalen Hurts to see if he takes those next steps with Sirianni, and I think I, I really do think they're going to do well. Um, and this is like a Joe Flacco is a perfect thing where no one knows, like, no, like, that's not, no, like, he's on the very tail end of his career, so it's just like. But there's trust there. He's won a Super Bowl, so you know if something happened to Jalen Hurts, he can at least hopefully hold hold the fort down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know that makes you cringe as a Giants fan, but you know what I mean. From a third yeah. party perspective, as, 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 as hosts, we are. Yeah, I think from a third party for third party perspective and being non biased, I think Flacco is a player that would help keep you afloat in that type of situation. He's not going to at this stage of his career. He's not going to propel you to new heights, but he's not going to sink the ship either. You know, like yeah, I think. I think he's good from a backup perspective, you know, worst case scenario. And I also think with his experience, I think I think he could be a good, you know, mentor to to Jalen Hurts. So I think that's and, good. And then honestly, looking at the Eagles too, I thought that Anthony Harris signing was good. Yeah. And I, when I say good too, not just bringing him in, I think the deal they put in because I I I think he was pissed off with the way the Vikings handled that franchise tag thing with him. I and it, I don't think it was two years in a row, but it may have been. Mm-hmm. It honestly, may have been. I, I don't think. Yeah, Let's I mean, just go one, and then maybe if it was two, it was. But he, he fit, one. yeah, he he fit, he uh, feel he fills a void that the Eagles defense that has they had for need, a long time. and it's a one year deal. So he, I love one year deals because there's no way the person can slack off or play hurt or not play hurt, right? Like it's like they're going to give it everything they have to try to get the next contract. So, yeah, and I, and yeah, I love them betting on themselves too. I love that 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 confidence. True, true, yeah. No, I like that. I will say for me, like I know when the Giants sign someone to a one year deal, but if I and if I like the person. It upsets me because I'm like, damn, I want them to be here longer than a one-year deal. Oh, I know. 
Well, but yes, I see your point is a good one, though. All right, so I'll tell you, speaking of the Giants signing people, Zachary, take spin the wheel. Which one do you want to talk about first? <laughs> Let's talk about Kenny Galladay first. The yeah, there you go. Uh, it's actually, that's the way I had the deck lined up, the cards anyway, so I was ready for Perfect. it. Perfect. So you're in your, your environment, wherever you are, cell phone in pocket, sun's out, shining on all of us. Find out Kenny Galladay is a giant. Paint the picture for us. Oh, I'm really excited because <laughs> this is a, this was a huge need. Like, listen, I'm not saying Kenny Galladay is like the the second coming, third coming, whatever the hell of Jesus of Jesus or anything like that. I used hell and Jesus in the same sentence. How about that? <laughs> uh, not saying anything like that that he's our savior, but I think he's a huge addition to our offense. Being he's six foot four, he's a tall dude. He he's the guy that. Daniel Jones, frankly, has never had as far as a deep ball threat or a jump ball guy. Like, we've been relying on Sterling Shepard to be our, our red zone target. And, and Sterling Shepard's, like, you know, I'm not going to say great, but he, he's, a, he's a good wide receiver, but he's not the guy you need in those situations. And, you know, like, oh, sorry, let me cut you off. I was going to say, when you guys were saying, I feel like in the, in the Giants group chat and stuff, that, that, that I love how the, some, yeah. like, the, the proxy in there, but, <laughs> um, but, I feel like the Plexico Burris analogies were really good. I think he's. I think he's this. He's the 2021 version of Burris, and the situation is just like Burris because if you look at their stats and you look at their injuries and the, that whole deal before coming to the Giants, it's very, very close. Like they had a couple thousand yard seasons, a lot of touchdowns, all that, but they had some injury concerns, just like Galladay does. And the signing was the same deal. It was a long process, and we signed Burris, and then it's the same situation with Galladay. It seems like so. I feel real. I'm really excited about it because well, I think he turns 27 in November. Um, he, so he's still yeah. young. He's still got his prime, you know. So. Oh, yeah. oh my God, yeah. Well, dude, you guys had a hell of a renaissance. That's kind of the way I put it in my notes. It's like it's what the Giants had. I mean, it's it, and it's a fresher one. It's a, a healthier one. And I'm not like sitting here like saying it is what this and it is with that and like judging your team. But I, I guess my point is, it, I think it's a way healthier and fresher renaissance than that Janoris Jenkins. Um, Olivier Vernon, exactly, uh, exactly. Olivier Harris, and yeah, all exactly. That. Snacks yeah. and just like that whole renaissance. And um, I, to me, I, I think it still comes down to, and it's like no kidding, Karen. How about that? It comes down to Daniel Jones. It comes down to your offensive line. It comes down to Joe Judge, a good coach, <clears throat> and Patrick Graham, good defensive coordinator. Right? Like, I think. I could see it going both ways to give you the straight, like, man-to-man talk. It's like, all right, son, sit down. Like, this is where we're at. But at the same point, I do, like, I like I, it's almost like, if you, like, you know, if do you want to just have fun? All right, so it was, what, Daniel Jones? You know, yeah, Daniel Jones, Joe Judge, Patrick Graham, and your offensive line. Like, if those four, if you said to me, like, rank the confidence, I'd go Joe Judge one, um, Patrick Graham two, your offensive line three, and Daniel Jones four, which that's my, I guess, like, when I do therapy out loud like that, it's the only thing that concerns me about the Giants for you guys. I look at it, I'm just like, it's not good if the quarterback's the biggest question mark. But I'm not saying that I have a big question mark around him. I just think, to me, that's my biggest doubt probably lies in that grouping. Yeah, so I'll, I'll do a little, like, analogy slash kind of comparison. Oh, not really. talking. So, Josh Allen, his first two years. Grant, they were not as bad as Daniel Jones with the turnovers and all that. But there was a lot of sloppiness in play with missed targets and some, you know, control over the ball. I felt and I'll add this real quick. I felt the same the way I felt about Josh Allen last this time last year is how I feel about Daniel Jones. So I love her going already. Okay. Yeah. So I was gonna say then you saw the third year leap. I'm not saying Daniel Jones is gonna have an MVP candidate type of season, but like you saw that third year leap, third year in the system, you know, third year with the same team, being in the NFL, getting used to the game speed, and they got Josh Allen a weapon and Stephon Diggs, and we saw what happened there. We got we got Daniel Jones finally a big weapon in Kenny Galladay. So. I'm not saying to expect a Josh Allen-like season from Daniel Jones, but I'm saying it's very possible he could have a maybe top 12 season this year. So, Yeah, I think so. And and let me ask you this. I mean, you signed Kyle Rudolph. How much does that help? Like just a young quarterback, a veteran guy like that who's been through it, been in the playoffs, all that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah so I think the Kyle Rudolph one is a good, is, is good I think. It, it, was, it caught me a little bit by surprise given that we have Evan Ingram, but – kind of not at the same time because this is Ingram's last year on his contract. So it's kind of like do or die. And I guess I thought Rudolph was like a long-term kind of safety net if we were to lose Ingram or trade him or whatever. But I think from like a, a run blocking perspective, he's great. He's a really good run blocking tight end. And I also think following the theme of a big body 
you know, guy for red zone and touchdowns. I think Rudolph fits that mold too, as far as a big target for, you know, the red zone possessions. So I like it. I do. Yeah. I mean, I do too. I think it's intriguing. And then you got the whole, I'll say this. I get it. Well, no, I get it real quick. I'll say this. I get the back and forth with the rival thing. Cause if the Packers and Vikings were doing this whole thing with the Dory Jackson, I'd be having fun too. If they skipped yeah. going to the Vikings or whatever, but I, I kind of like kind of chuckle. I feel like everyone's kind of making a bigger deal about that. That's just, that's just the money. Like I, I thought it was a pretty good deal. He got, <laughs> I um, thought it was pretty good as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I, I, that, that was enough of a deal if I'm him that I would not be going to Philly as well just because I'm like, that's a really good deal. I'm not going anywhere, right? Yeah. Um, but are you excited? I mean, so paint the picture real quick too because I knew you guys were doing it in the group chat. I couldn't watch it too much because it was in old corporate America uh, this week, but I saw you guys were painting a little bit of a picture in uh, the secondary with what yeah. you got with Logan Ryan and, and uh, McKinley. But, like, I mean, you guys, you got a little thing going there. Yeah, I think, you know, James Bradbury obviously had a hell of a year last season was best season yet. And I kind of, I would expect him because of where he's at in his career to kind of maintain that level. And I think bringing a Dory Jackson in, I remember when a Dory Jackson got drafted, everyone thought he was going to be this and that, this and that. And he wasn't horrible with Tennessee, not at all, but he didn't quite live up to his to potential. I don't think. So for me, if the giants are signing him to that deal, they must have a good, like I trust Joe judge, whatever Joe judge is doing. I'm for it. Joe, Joe Judge could say, Zach, you know what? Today's national overall day. I'm wearing overalls that day. I trust it. I trust the. I trust in, in Joe Judge. Isn't it funny so, you trust your coach? Oh, it feels great. I couldn't say the same about Pat Shermer. Couldn't say the same about Ben McAdoo, Kieran. Had to throw Pat Shermer in. This wouldn't be a show without talking oh. about Pat Shermer. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I, you know, I, tr- I trust in what the Giants brass is doing. And I also want to give credit to Dave Gettleman. I mean, think about it. He hit on our free agents last year. He's done a decent job with our draft picks, I would say, hitting. You know, I mean, Tay Crowder was the – was um, what's the last guy in the draft called? Mr. Irrelevant. And he Mr. Had, Irrelevant, yeah. And he had valuable playing time for us last year and did pretty well. So, I think overall, I, I'm starting to trust what he's doing more and more. I never was really against Gettleman. I kind of questioned some things, but I never really distrusted him. But overall, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, Odori Jackson, Bradbury, Logan Ryan, um, Xavier McKinney. I think McKinney's going to have a really good second year. And uh, <clears throat> Jabril Peppers, obviously, is a, you know, he, to me, he's like a more consistent uh, Landon Collins right now. So Yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to be on the Giants hype train because there's still no, totals we have. Here. It's March. You have to be on the hype train. I'm, an opt- I'm always an optimistic Giants fan for the most part. So, <laughs> you know. No, I mean <laughs> – it's better than being a Bears fan. <laughs> oh, on, yeah. Like, How about that signing, Karen? You, are you nervous as a Packers fan? Are you scared or what? Scale to 0 to 10. Like a negative 30. Well, you pinned it on your, your, Twitter, your Twitter profile, so was, I'd say you're pretty... Exactly. That was a beautiful suggestion on your... Please, <laughs> take credit for that. Don't, don't be modest. Please, don't be humble. Toot your horn here. That this, was, your, this is your idea, and I, and I, I had to do it. Yeah, no, well, you were asking how to frame a tweet. So I said, hey, you might as well just pen it, right? Because it's uh, still there. I love how they yeah. say QB1 and it's Andy Dalton. Like, do they not realize how, like, that makes them look like the laughing stock of the NFL? Well, and also, I, I know, I know, I know. It's like, what the hell are you doing? That would be like the Eagles saying Joe Flacco. Nick Foles QB1. is better than him, I think, right? Uh, I don't know. I would rather have Nick Foles under center than Andy Dalton. I, Nick Foles, it's like kind of like <laughs> higher or lower, like it's more volatile, but I think. <laughs> But Andy Dalton, it's just you're just crashing with that. Yeah, neither option is gonna is is you know good by any means. But I don't know. I still think Andy Dalton is slightly better than Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles was a flash in the pan. Yeah, I like him. I just think he was a flash in the pan. That fl- if you get that flash, see, I think that's that's my point. I think if you get that flash, flash in the pan, it was a big yeah, flash. It is. Obviously, it's a big flash. Yeah. yeah. So, oh man, I don't know what to think about them. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't mean this to be like. I don't know. What the, I really don't even know what the word would be, but I look at the Bears. I'm just like Brian Pace and Matt Nagy. Like this is the hill you want to die on, uh, right? Like, like this can't be. Well, well Matt Nagy I mean, at the same point, who else really? I mean, I guess they could draft a quarterback. I mean, to me, I think that's the only way you can go, right? Like Trubisky's no longer with you, so that investment and that you know skin in the game of your what was it second overall pick that's no longer under you know on your back. So I think you have to draft one. And it's funny, like looking looking at it from a third party's perspective. I, f- I actually feel for them trying to get Russell Wilson because it's just like that's your life preserver, and it's yeah. just like nah, 
Like, yeah, I know, yeah. Like, it's being yeah. out of the, there's no more lifeboats on the Titanic. Like, that's it. It's a wrap. It's crazy. You know, one thing I will say about, like, talking about the Bears with Trubisky, for example, and now he signed a one-year, what was it, $2.5 to be the backup for the Bills. I think I'm, we're starting to see kind of a trend, I feel like, where you get these quarterbacks like Jameis Winston, Trubisky, where they sign these, like, low-level deals to sit in the background for a little bit, as a, like, to try to, like, revamp their oh, yeah. career. So it's just, I don't know, it's just an interesting trend that I haven't really. Well, what the hell did Andy Dalton do for Dallas? It makes it go, oh yeah, he's QB one. I didn't think he was QB two material after what I saw. I was like, oh god, I don't want him as my backup. No, yeah, I think he, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's interesting, but, but hey, good good for them for showing faith and that they believe in him. I guess if I'm Nick Foles, I'm feeling a little slighted, but I'm also collecting eighteen million a year, so I don't care if I'm Nick Foles. So. Well, that's it. Speaking of believing um, in themselves, I, I'll actually not start with the Packers. Why not? I, I put a little yeah. list together of teams that I put called bringing the band back together, where they basically just brought back all their own and restructured deals. Um, two teams were pretty good. The one team was the one that beat us in the <sighs> NFC Championship game. I just don't like talking about it very much, Zach. But anyway, I mean, it's funny. I'm looking at the tweet. I love Andy Herman, and hopefully we're going to get him the show in June. Um, but I love this tweet. He was saying, if you told me a month ago that like Kevin King, Aaron Jones, Preston Smith, Shannon Sullivan, Dean Lauer would still be Packers. He would have said, you're nuts. But like, hey, so they took an, the Packers took an interesting path. They're bringing back all their guys. They have faith in them. Let's see how it plays out. Um, and then he actually had another tweet, too. I'll just add to that. I thought was really good. Just saying that, like, really, the two biggest free agents for the Packers were Joe Barry and uh, Bruce Drayton, who, which, I mean, their special teams coordinator, defensive coordinator switch up. So I, I think um, Drayton being special teams and Barry being defensive coordinator. But I kind of pull that back, and I think all that's very accurate. I didn't think most of those guys would be back, if any of them, to be honest. I really wrote – I mean, you heard how I was talking about Aaron Jones. I said that on the last show we did. Uh, definitely thought there's a better chance I'd play for the Packers next year than Preston Smith, and here we are. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with everything with them. And I, I kind of – I like it, and this is probably – I want to throw this out there. I know everyone's going to be like, dude, shut up. But I, I mean this, and just tell me if I'm way, way off the mark. I really do think they were the best team last year, and they just played really poorly in one tournament game that cost them, and it sucks. And that's just how it goes. Um, that team had their number; they beat them. It, it's it's how you know. Honestly, got the Saints win that game. I think we win the Super Bowl. You know, right? Like so. But the problem is that's not how it goes. But I think if you're looking at the team construction and you're looking at what else is what out there to try to get better, and you realize there's not a whole lot with the money situation that you have, and you say, well, let's bring the band back together. If everyone's down to come back and play a song. Kevin King's coming back. I don't care why Packers fans are upset about that. Yeah. It makes no sense. He's playing on a one-year deal with all these incentives. He's injury-prone, and, yeah, like he's a little shaky. If you're going to do that, one-year deal is perfect. It's perfect. You have no other options. We need a quarterback, too. You have to put him in. It's fine. There's a defense already. But, I mean, boy, he's going to learn. But, I mean, it, he's got chemistry with the rest of the secondary as they learn the new defense together. But, but my point being – I'm okay with it. And, and I'll even double down. The Bucs, same thing. I like what they did. And, and – Pittsburgh, though, that's the one I kind of look at. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a step back. How do you feel about yeah, please, please. How do you feel about Jamal Williams going to Detroit? Because I know this was like something we were talking about for a while, what was going to happen with Aaron Jones. We thought he was gone, and Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon would be the new. I kind of feel for Jamal. I'm sorry. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm, I'm hurting. This is, no, no. This is, I just, I'm hurt. Please go. No, I kind of feel I feel for Jamal Williams because he's going to Detroit where he's still not the clear-cut lead number one guy, where he, to me, has the potential to be the number one guy. Yeah, I thought he was – well, you know, basically the, I felt the rhythm of Twitter, like my NFC North Twitter vibes, if you will, that I follow. I felt like that was kind of the general taste was – like, couldn't do better than that? But, if, but uh, I don't if, if I'm him, I would have – I don't know. I don't know. And he goes to Detroit, too, like a division rival. So does that bother you at all? I know you like him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's horrible. I don't want to see that. It hurts. Oh, it's it – I, I, I love him. I'll still love him. I really will. Like, that guy could play for any anybody, and I'll still always kind of just be like, you know, if he scores, I'll just be like, God damn it, I love you, but, like, I can't right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, he could be fun to draft on your fantasy team. No, he won't be. I can't do NFC North, guys. I can't do it because I can never actually root for the Lions to do anything good. Like, if he fails, I'll just be like, well, it just sucks, but that's what happens when he's time with the Lions. But, um, but let me go. Let me hey, mix people. Yeah, was, well, yeah, it's that point. And, and it's fine. I'll even kind of mix, like, I don't know. I was trying to put the Colts in there because they brought T.Y. Hilton back, but obviously they got Carson Wentz, so they definitely did shuffle it up. Yeah. Um, 
And I'll add this in there. So Pittsburgh, uh, and then Jameis to the Saints, which kind of keeps it in the family. Based on, I guess my trend is there are some ones like A.J. Green going to the cards to look at too, but in general, I feel like a lot of this offseason, if there's any common denominator, it's guys going back to their homes. Yeah, no, I agree. Like like Juju, they said, I don't know. Yeah, that's another numbers, one. But he took, he took a significant pay, like significant less of a contract to stay in Pittsburgh than what he would have gotten for the Jets, for example. And was it in Baltimore, too? In Baltimore. In Baltimore, like, desperately needs wide receiver help. So they were probably throwing the kitchen sink in, and he still said no. It doesn't – I don't get that. I think he – I think he must – it's probably because, like, you know, like, as he probably has a tie. I was thinking fastball, and he threw a changeup, basically, where I really – my knees buckled. Yeah, that was kind of like a dud. Like, I, you know, like, Kenny Alley gets this big contract, big, huge signing, and then – Juju was supposed to be the next guy behind that. And if you're going to go for a one-year deal, why not just go like Green Bay or something if you're just going to go for cheap and do something? Like, just, you know, why not? I think I think he sees that. Like, I think he has a connection to the city of Pittsburgh, obviously, and loves it there and family. Yeah, and I guess he and does. And uh, I don't know. I think I think he sees that this is, like, the year after they're throwing – they're give, like, Pittsburgh's kind of giving it all to try to win the Super Bowl. Well, last year on for Benny. So, yeah, so I think he wants to be a part of that. And what do you think about, too, you mentioned Baltimore. I mean, what do they do with wide receiver? That's an Uncle Ricky thing, too. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. I mean, they, I guess you draft, or, or do you, I know in our, you hear the dogs barking in the background. But oh, I, know, I love it. I know um, in our group chat we were talking about the Giants possibly maybe trading back for the Ravens to get one of those wide receivers because they need them. But I don't know. We don't really trade back too much, so I don't see it happening. Well, and, and the other thing is, what, I mean, I get you can have a really good wide receiver. That's a rookie. Just look at Justin Jefferson. Yeah. But, but it's also, that's a, I mean, you can always look at the best case scenario at anything and then suggest that's how it's going to go. That's probably not how it's going to go, right? No. Like, so that's kind of my thought with the Ravens. Well, like, wouldn't you want, like, wouldn't you want that AJ Green to the Cardinals? You would, yeah, you would, you would think so. I mean, and you're, you're, you're spot on with the wide receiver thing because last year we were talking about Henry Ruggs. We were talking about CD Lamb. We were talking about Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs. Rager. Henry, yeah, right. Brandon, Brandon, Ayuk. Yeah, all of them. I mean, were he did actually have a pretty good fantasy. Not, yeah, you're right. He, yeah, he did. And CD Lamb was okay. Jimmy but that was, was like okay. that, that guard, that, that nonsense San Fran trash where like they just they do rack a, up yards. End, end around. I mean, he has one yeah, pass yeah, for yeah. ten yards, but he has a sixty yard rush for a touchdown. It's like you know, exactly so. just like yeah. So, but no, but to your point, yeah. Sometimes wide receiver hype because they're a sexy, you know, skilled position, it gets a little blown out of proportion. So it's a good point. But they need to do no. something. No, I was going to say, now, what – dude, I, I feel like I missed this point in the NFC East thing. Dan Quinn to Dallas scares me. I saw Tom Pelissero had a point on the NFL mm-hmm. Network this week where he said that that was the biggest acquisition Dallas had or maybe the biggest offseason acquisition in general, and I totally agree. Yeah. Because Mike McCarthy, it's – I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm a Packers fan. Let me tell you more about Mike McCarthy, right? Like, but no, I, I really will say, what his, what are, what are his, what's his kryptonite? It's his defense because – and it's the special teams, and, and now you have Dean Quinn there that can run the show. That's that's horrifying, <clears throat> because I saw him with Dom Capers a long, long time ago. Like you know, like the same. It was a long time ago, long time ago. But there was once upon a time, Zach, in a land far away, where Dom Capers had a good defense, and yeah. it worked. And that's what scares me about Dan Quinn with the Cowboys. No, and that's a good point. I think the Cowboys still need a lot of help in their secondary. And you know they lost yeah. Alden Smith, so that's a huge loss. But yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, Dan Quinn now that he can focus solely on the defense, which is his specialty. You know that that is a is a big addition for sure. Yeah, I, and, and that, that, that Dak NFC had numbers East. with them. Yeah, and, yeah, oh, I know. And then and you look at that NFC East, like all like the Giants' defense was I think top eight last year. Washington defense. Like a top five defense, and then if you if you know if, if this defense in Dallas is going to be what we're thinking with Dan Quinn now, there yeah the NFC East is going to be a tough yeah. defensive division, as it usually is. I think I think you get three teams in next year. You, you could you you could I mean with that that'd be nice as long as one take the Giants I'd take that. Well, I mean seventy five percent chance. Uh, yeah, right. But I'll say uh, at that point, there's, I would have thought there was a zero percent chance. Um, if, if you're a referee getting mic'd up and getting fired afterwards, and this is all, I actually really feel bad for Tim Peel. I know I feel like I always take the weird stances on these things. I feel like the unpopular opinion. 
Um, the, all right, I'll even just kind of fill everyone in real quick before we, we dive into the dialogue of the whole get-up. Um, so Tim Peel is an NHL ref who has been there for, for a while. And unfortunately, I'm an idiot. I did not write down how long his tenure was. But he, at least over 20 years, and he did Olympic games, playoff games, obviously. And he was going to retire in April anyway. So I wonder if that's actually some of this with the NHL's response. But he was caught mic'd up. Um, and let me actually, so I believe the quote was, I wanted to give, or I wanted to get Nashville a blank penalty. Um, and, you know, let me just play it real quick. Yeah, let's play it. A little hot mic. There wasn't much, but I wanted to get a penalty against Nashville. Yeah, there we go. So the NHL had their little response for the firing them and about the integrity of the game. And of course, because, you know, Gary Bettman's got such room to talk about that. But anyway, uh, nevertheless, uh, he, Tim, so Tim Peel got fired and everyone's, and I think everyone's talking about how gambling and this and that have like such a role in all this. Um, well, uh, let me let me ask you this: You're a hockey fan. For your first year, you're a new, and this is perfect. I'm not even, like picking on you. You're a new fan to the game of hockey, Zach. So, what what uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, that's interesting that uh, that you say that because I was thinking about this the other day. How I've noticed in hockey, typically, like the officials, I feel like there's no issues with officials in hockey. I feel like I feel like most of the time there's decent, and maybe I'm, I'm ignorant, but I feel like most of the times from what I've seen there's ever been calls that have been horrible to the point where it's like, there's, you know, a controversy or a scandal or a review needs a review or whatever, like in a lot of other sports. So I don't know, this kind of took me off guard, but Hey, but maybe it's something that needs to be looked at a little bit more. And when you see or hear a ref saying that it's like, okay, what, what, so there's clearly some bias, which is not right. So it's funny. I had the unpopular take like before yesterday and Bear with me for a second. So I wanted to tweet out because honestly, when I heard the quote and heard the just his tone and, and context of all of it, my first real, my initial thought, Zach, was he's just call, like, it's probably bad context. Like he's just calling the game. Like he probably wanted to call something on them to establish like they can't be doing what they've been doing for the first two periods or whatever, right? Like I thought there was a lot of gray area for a guy not to lose his job. Then I saw the penalty and I was like, oh God. Uh, was it was a tripping call. There was nothing there. There's nothing at all. And like that is where it just sounds bad because it sounds like it's just like a mistake. You know what I mean? Like just that it wasn't, it was like planned or whatever that he was just going to call it regardless of what it actually was, which I mean, at that point you hate it. Cause then, and this is why, and I feel bad. I'm not saying, Oh, you should be fired. But I think the reason why I can at least understand the concept is like, you can't, as much as we want, here's the thing. I hate the takes where everyone's like, "I played sports and there's makeup calls all the time." It's like, I know. Thanks for telling us you played sports. Like, no, like everyone knew yeah. that. So, yeah. the problem is, I think with that that whole idea is, where's the score kept? Right? Like, you can't have makeup calls. It's more if you just miss it. If you want to do, you don't ever admit it though. Right? Like, it's kind of one of those things. Like, I would never. But, but at the same point, I never played hockey. Where right? a lot of these guys are saying this is part of the culture. So, I, I have no idea. I think that I think the biggest reason why you got fired was I think the NHL you can't really allow anything like that to slide because so many fans could take that so many different ways like oh well maybe the NHL is in on it then like is it rigged and you know, gambling and stuff so it's it's kind of like you can't have like it's got to be like a no nonsense policy unfortunately do you think if sports gambling if this was ten years ago you would have gotten fired probably I I, no. I I still think so because I mean. The thing, I feel like, and this is actually brings up an interesting point. I think sports gambling, it's been around forever. But I just think now it's so normalized, like everyone thinks that originally, but it's always been around. You know what I mean? Um, That's a good point. I don't know. I, I think, I don't know, I still think he probably would have got fired. Because you, oh, NCAA, you saw the NCAA. I like that take. Not, why not, you know what I mean? Like, I like, I like your, your point of view on it. Yeah, like you saw the NCAA basketball scandal, right? Like back, was that in the 90s with, you know, um, so you know, like Boston you know, College, yeah, you know, Boston College, like that whole deal. So. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> Oh man, did yeah. you ever see that thirty for thirty? I did, I did. That's yeah. good. Was it playing good for the mop or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I'll say, yeah, I, and it's one of those things. It's like we could go in circles about it. But so you want to just do a little menu though? Yeah, a little speaking, hockey of, menu? Speak, speaking of gabagool, yeah, yeah, dude. Well, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. It's. I feel for you here. 
Yeah, so I'm looking at the menu, and right now I'm seeing leadership is not a problem at all for the Sabres. Jack Eichel is doing all he can. He's a great captain for the team. Now you see, look, look, I mean, look, sure, dude. I mean, look here. I'm wearing I say I'm wearing a Sabres hoodie here. Like, oh, hold on, I gotta get, you know, I gotta get you on there. Hold on yeah, a second. Yeah, I'm there wearing I'm, I'm wearing the Sabres hoodie. Like, I'm I'm still proud and all that good stuff. Even though we've lost 15 in a row, which I think might be an NHL record. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so I will say this: he uh, leadership is absolutely absolutely an issue, right? We we fired Ralph Kruger. Don uh, Granado is now the the interim, and he has COVID or is on the COVID list. So now, Karen, our GM Kevin uh, Adams, I think it is, or Abrams, whatever, is coaching tonight. Our GM is coaching tonight because of how many. Because in this team, I will say I'm not trying to be. There's no excuses because we've had we were we were off for like two and a half weeks because of COVID protocols. We were 500 a team prior to that. And then all of a sudden that COVID protocol layoff happened and the team was all out of sorts, players coming back, some players not right away. And we were junk. You know, we haven't played the same ever since. And Eichel right now is hurt, okay, which I don't know how he got hurt, but, you know, hurt. Um, Not calling him out, but I'm just saying I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But long story short, I think he hasn't really stepped up to the plate. He hasn't really led by example. I mean – you could have two goals. Eyes with you there. <clears throat> yeah, you could have two goals and still be a great leader, you know. But he hasn't really done anything. Like the most fire I saw out of this team was with our rookie Dylan Cousins when he dropped gloves and almost knocked the guy out. Like that was the most fire I've seen from the Sabers all season, and that's from a, a rookie, you know. So I don't know. He. He's plain, and simple, Patrick. plain and simple. I'm not. I'm not ordering off the menu. I am. Uh, I'm completely full. And I'm not hungry for this. Dude, I'm with you. Because I was going to say, I'll pull up my uh, menu item. And uh, they're talking about the expansion draft, Zach, with uh, the Kraken, the Seattle Kraken. That'll actually be kind of fun, getting them in the mix, I guess. But the expansion draft, right? So Vegas is in first place. I feel like they've had a very fruitful few years, you know, especially when you look at expansion teams. They're definitely the most successful team out of the gate. I think I don't think there's any – maybe the Titans – but like that doesn't even count because the, they were the Oilers. I mean, they, it wasn't like they were in a team that ex- didn't exist at all, right? Where they had to use the expansion draft. But the Texans, I, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, exactly. Like, I think, um, I think Vegas is the best expansion team draft team just across the board in all the sports. But uh, I mean, so how does it it's work? Tough. Does it does it, do players that are like free agents get thrown in? Is that how it is? Sort of. So basically, the very high level, it's just that you have an X, and I, I'm drawing a blank on the exact numbers. I want to say uh, it's about 10 players you can protect, but basically, you can protect players. Okay. And then after that, it's just like they can pick one by one from each team. They just grab one guy from your team and they take them on and stuff. But obviously, like their contract situation plays into that and all that stuff. So, um, and, and uh, you know, if you have like a new trade clause, like you're not going anywhere and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting because I guess the way and why I'm asking the question or why it's on the menu is so I guess they must have done less in the past. Like you got like the way it worked was maybe teams could protect more players. That's a better way of putting it. So you have less options to pick from. So you're getting lower quality players. But right, if you can, you've one less defenseman and one less winger. Well, that's those guys are gonna be better than the rest of the things to pick from, right? Like so. I'm with it. I just I don't like those new teams where they're just absolutely horrible. I, I think it's fine, especially out west. Like I'm not, you know, whatever. Yeah, we're not we're not really in the same same ball field. So I guess you're you're ordering it. Are you hungry for it? Yeah, I guess I yeah I guess I am. <laughs> guess I am. I was like trying to think of like how it was phrased. Yeah, I guess I am hungry for the expansion draft. Yeah, I'm with it. There you go. There you go. Yeah, it's exciting. Well, I know. I know. I'll say at that point, you pumped. Uh, we got anything good for the weekend ahead besides Sweet Sixteen? Oh yeah, we got uh, UFC 260. Got a heavyweight title fight. Fighting. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's on. Uh, it's on pay per view. So you get to little, spend a little cabbage to to watch it. It's uh, Step Stepe. Um, what was it Stepe Stepe Miokic versus Francis Ngannou heavyweight fight? And they actually fought back in January of 2018, and Miokic won. So, oh my, this is good. And I don't, I don't, have you ever watched Francis Ngannou fight? Like, no, his I, mean, fights, I mean, I don't know their names so much. But like, dude, his his fights like don't last more than like thirty seconds. Like, they, like he throws the most vicious hands I've ever seen in the UFC. 
I'm not just saying this to hype it up. Don't like, watch that. It's yeah, it's uh, it's scary. You know, I mean, obviously Miocic is good because he's a champion, but he's defended it numerous times and been a lot of great fighters. But yeah, that could be that's another something to have on your radar for the weekend. I like and that. There's also another bracket this weekend in the PGA Tour. They're doing the uh, the match play championship down in Austin, Austin, Texas. Go on. Yeah, so the, so they have the, the top sixty. It's a WGC event. They take the top sixty four golfers in the world, and the first round, the way it works, there's sixteen groups. It's kind of like with World the World Cup. So I'll have like Group One, they'll have four. So like if you're in that group and there's three other golfers, you play those other three golfers one time. And if you win, you get a point. If you lose, you don't get anything. If you tie, you get half a point. Whoever's the oh, most, I love that. Yeah, whoever has the most points in that group advances then. And then after there, you're down to 16 golfers. And then from there on, it's bracket play. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's really fun. It's been it's it was on it's been on since Wednesday. It started yesterday. Oh, let's throw it on. Yeah, you should. You really should. It's uh, it, match play is a lot of fun to watch in golf. It's a little different. It's fun. We got the Masters coming up in two weeks. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. That's I can't wait fun. for that. We, we have to bucket list cover that one time. That would be incredible. Yeah, hopefully when the world resumes. <laughs> I know. I'll look, I'll look. You know, I'll look into that next year. Yeah. Um, but this is fun. Yeah, it's it's speaking of both time to think about next year. Let's think about next week. Next week will be fun. We'll talk about uh, the Elite Eight and all the Sweet Sixteen breakdowns and you know, fun little little action. Chatty boy, we'll be back in. We'll get some more. We have some more springtime guests coming in, so we'll have some fun. There you go. Oh yeah, definitely excited. And we got our bracket pool going, so it's been competitive. Yeah. It's really close so far. Absolutely. And then uh, real quick, yeah, I was about to say. So, if you want updates on all that fun stuff, hey, you know, check us out on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit at underscore get sidetracked, and check us out on the website www.getsidetracked.com. And then audio episodes, Spotify, and iTunes, as always. Look at that. It's almost you know, it's always funny. Like after a week of just like running through this again, but. Uh, it checks out on Twitch. Obviously, follow the heart to the left. Subscribe to the right. It's not free unless you have Amazon Prime. It's free uh, for Amazon Prime to subscribe. Um, but all that being said, uh, you can. Okay, well, I was about to do the March bracket, uh, March Madness bracket, tease, Zach. But that is closed. But good luck to everyone with the Bob Knight photo. Look at that. There you go. I gotta get the Bob Knight the little <laughs> photo, a little love. Uh, but speaking of subscriptions and all that fun stuff, uh, check us out on our YouTube channel. We have all sorts of fun highlights and. Um, interesting stuff to jump into, so you can check us out, subscribe, all the fun. So that's free. That's free. So, you know, yeah, there's no excuse for that one. Uh, and then, well, this isn't free, but if you want to go to the store, <laughs> spend a little money on some gear or something, that'd be kind of fun, right? So you got all that um, sitting on the Sidetrack store, so you can always check us out. Um, yeah, but... yeah, we got, seven, we got seven days till opening day, too. I know. I know. I'm so How hyped you? Yeah, so uh, I'm sure Chad will have a lot of... Violence, dude. Let's get it. Yeah, we'll see. I'm pumped. See. I'm pumped. Week away. Awesome. Right. So that's actually really how the good show's coming up. So we've got Monday's Elite Eight, and then uh, Thursday we've got opening day. Oh, yeah. Uh, Five cooking, so. Zachary. That's right. Awesome. We want to thank everyone for watching the show tonight, but we'll see everyone in the living room 7 o'clock on Monday.